Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Challenge podcast. My name is Challen and this week I will be reviewing game week 6, the results, then I'll take a look at some stats about goals and clean sheets, followed by a review of game week 7's plans and captaincy choices. Stay tuned. Game week six is on the horizon and a pretty average game week for me this week. I lined up in a 4-3-3 with Martinez, Chilwell, Trent, Alexander-Arnold, Sice, and then in midfield, Son, Grealish, Pulisic, Salah, and then up front I had Watkins, Kane, and Calvert-Lewin. And I ended up on a just below average 45 points and... I think a slight drop in overall rank, or it's not something that I usually check at this stage of the season. But my top point scorers were essentially my two two of my defenders and Son. I had a captaincy blank from Salah, unfortunately. I mean, he hit the post and he missed Sitter at some stage during the game. So on a different day, things could have ended a bit differently. Spurs assets... Scoring consistent points once again. Son with an 11-pointer. I did not... He was one of my captaincy considerations. But my vice-captaincy was on Kane. Who got himself an assist at least. Looking at the rest of my team. Chilwell got himself a clean sheet. Which was a nice surprise against United. Chelsea playing a lot more solidly at the back this game week. And Sice got himself 7 points and a bonus point for his efforts which was also good, nice to see, considering the fact that he came off at 67 minutes, I think, before Newcastle scored. And then, of course, when they did score, it wiped out almost everyone else's clean sheets, those owners who had Semedo or Kilman. So it was very nice to get that clean sheet and the extra bonus at the end, much needed in this game week. On the bench, I had Dallas, who got himself six points, which was... Bittersweet on Friday night because uh, it was probably one of the bigger upsets of the week, I think. Not expecting Aston Villa to lose 3-0 at home to Leeds. Especially going into that second half, I was thinking, yeah, it's look, looking good. Tight, tightish game. And then as soon as that first goal went in from Bamford, it was just not going to end well from there. Villa started losing their formation and the way that they were playing. And Leeds just pushed on forward and Bamford got himself a very good hat-trick. Another hat-trick this season, not not for Bamford, but in general, which is quite impressive. I'm pretty sure it must be, a. am going to assume, a record for a number of hat-tricks after six weeks in the season. But don't quote me on that. And in terms of blanks, I had blanks from Calvert-Lewin, which was his first of the season, as far as I know. Yes, it was. Got himself a one-pointer against Southampton again. Pretty surprising result, but I think considering the fact that they were starting Hamez, who just come back from international break very late, and a couple of other things in their squad, it just didn't seem... It seemed like there was a potential for a banana skin. So the fact that he got a blank, I'm not too surprised, but 
I'm only a single owner of Everton, so it's not the worst. I've already mentioned Aston Villa with their shocking loss to Leeds. So my triple Villa attack and defence in Watkins, Grealish and Martinez certainly underperformed for my liking. But at least Martinez managed to rake up, I want to say, four saves, if not more. I can't remember. He got himself three points in the end, which, considering that he conceded three goals, isn't the worst. Probably the most alarming thing again for me is Alexander-Arnold once again blanking. And at his price range, it's looking more and more difficult not to get rid of him. But again, fixtures are stopping me from doing that but we'll see considering that i have two free transfers and i should probably use one this week if i don't want to lose it so we'll see about that pulisic got himself a blank as well but at least he got a clean sheet point which again in a game week like this i'm not going to complain about my points and the worst thing about this week for me is probably the captaincy blank again from Salah. expected him to at least get a return against sheffield but one of those things uh, stats wise he was getting all his usual number of shots away, more than anyone else in the team. But Mane was getting better quality shots on target, big chances-wise. And yeah, I think it's just one of those games where you're a bit unlucky. So big winners this week were people who captain Son. And yeah, going forward, I think that might be something to consider as well. All right, uh, some observations of this game week. Um, looking down at the results at the end of Monday, it seemingly came to my attention that it seemed like there were less goals compared to the other game weeks thus far. So instead of just sucking it out of my thumb, I decided to actually go and tabulate it. And I had a look at the game weeks prior to game week six, so game weeks one to five. And in those game weeks, we had a total of 172 goals scored, of which 79 were at home and a pretty overwhelming majority of 93 away from home. The most goals in the game week came in game week two, which was 44, and the lowest came in game week one, which was 23, which, okay, we must remember that game week one had two less games because of the the City and United assets, or teams not playing in those game weeks, so those are four teams not playing, so might explain that. And then on average, if you're looking at how many goals are scored per game week, the average of game weeks one to five was 34.4 goals per game week, which is quite high so far. And again, remember two games less, so you can maybe increase it slightly. Interestingly though, as I've already mentioned, was that there were more away goals than goals at home, 93 as opposed to 79. So in comparison to game week six, the average was 34.4. And in game week six, we had 19. That's 19 goals scored, minimum. There might be various reasons for that, but we'll get into that shortly maybe and consider that further. Of those 19 goals in game week six, eight of them were at home and 11 were away. So while I was at it, I decided to take the stats a bit further and had a look at clean sheets as well. So again, in game weeks one to five, there were a total of 22 clean sheets. The highest number of clean sheets in a game week came in game week one, which was six. The lowest came in game week two, which as you can see, there's a link between highest goal scored and lowest goal scored 
with highest clean sheets and lowest clean sheets. Okay, mix one and two. And the average clean sheets per week was 4.4 per game week. And once again, we need to keep in mind that two games were played, two games less were played in game week one, so it could slightly affect it, but not too much. And once again, there are more away clean sheets this season than there are home clean sheets, which is very interesting. Again, 14 away clean sheets, eight clean sheets at home. All of these stats compared to game week six, average was 4.4 clean sheets per game week. And in game week six, we had a number of six clean sheets. So higher than the average, four clean sheets away and two at home. So for me, I was right in thinking that this week there were less goals. And my takeaways are that we can maybe say that there were less goals this week because of the international break. Maybe players are more tired. Maybe there were more, more clean sheets this week. So maybe there were teams maybe better at, they had more time during the break to organize their defenses and drill things, change of approaches. Who knows? For example, Chelsea. Apart from that, there have been more away goals in all but one game week so far. And that was in game week four, which of course was the game week where uh, Spurs and Aston Villa went haywire, crazy game week that was. And the same goes for clean sheets as well. So there were more away clean sheets in all but one game week so far, which again was game week four. Very interesting. And it also might be worth noting when you're making decisions for the rest of the season, or at least for the next couple of weeks at least, because generally when we're playing fantasy, we're looking at form and fixtures and comparing those two. And the general rule is that you're targeting the home team because, well, they should be doing better at home, right? And they usually did, but this season not so much. And I haven't looked at the stats from Project Restart, but I'd like to at least assume that the fact that teams are no longer playing in front of crowds and not having to deal with that crazy atmosphere at, at away grounds must surely make an impact on games and on goal scorers for that matter. They're therefore less nervous, less likely to be hindered by players or heckling fans or anything like that. So definitely worth considering when looking at as assets going forward, especially in like your bigger price assets when they're playing against smaller teams. I think less small teams are going to be scared of playing away two bigger clubs going forward, but I'll get more into that a bit later. And right now we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to move on to my general thoughts before looking at my plans for the game week and anything further. See you shortly. All right, we're back from the break. And just some general thoughts about this game week and the game we see, we've seen so far is that I think that the more that weeks pass, the more teams that are in the mid table and upwards, I mean like teams who we generally consider to be mid table, not the top four, top five. I think they're going to be beginning to continue to grow in confidence in big games against the bigger clubs, as I mentioned earlier, because we've seen how beatable all of the big teams, City, Liverpool, Spurs, Chelsea, United, and Arsenal are. 
and with big injuries to Liverpool with Van Dijk and City with their constant issues with no striker in Aguero and Jesus. I think we could potentially be in line for a season like Leicester's title-winning season because if another team like them can find and maintain that kind of form and consistency while the bigger teams basically continue to trade wins amongst each other, then the potential for that to happen is a lot higher than what we usually expect. And in that sense, much like that season where it was a very weird FPL season, we could be in line for something similar again where random mid-priced options are outscoring the big hitters or something like that because of the defensive frailties of the bigger teams resulting in random results. But I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. Uh, There's no way to predict it. And this season, more than any of the others, is much less predictable than before. And we'll have to see how teams react to playing more in Europe on multiple fronts and how we deal with the coronavirus and international breaks and spikes and just outside of the game how we deal with how the countries deal with the rapid rise in infections who knows if there could could be another stoppage of the season at some stage but for now all we can do is prepare for the next game week and on that note i think we should move on to my predictions for the next game week or fixtures wise and i know that's a bit of a bold thing to try and predict so therefore i won't try i won't put any of my money on too much but it will just be my general thoughts about each game. And first up, this game week, game week seven, we have a Friday night kickoff again. So do not forget to lock those teams in on Friday night. And first game is Wolves against Crystal Palace. And I want to say again, the, the logical person in me wants to say it should be a Wolves win, maybe a Wolves clean sheet, but it is Crystal Palace. And again, looking at the data that I referred to earlier, it wouldn't surprise me if Crystal Palace nick a draw or even nick a win, because Wolves have not been very good in the goal scoring and chance creating department. So it wouldn't surprise me to see a draw there. So I think I'm going to go with a, oh, a a one all, but the logical one person inside me says Wolves win, but I'm going to say one all. Sheffield against Man City on Saturday. Once again, same thing. Should be saying a comfortable Man City win. Man City playing away this weekend. Once again, no Aguero though. He's out with injury, so he didn't last long. And looking at last week's game for Sheffield against Liverpool, they weren't trounced by Liverpool at all. I mean, they played away to Liverpool and they only lost 2-1. Could have been worse, yes, but ultimately wasn't. And similarly, Man City played against West Ham last weekend away to West Ham and drew one all. So it's a bit of a tough one. I'm going to say that because Sheffield are still not, they haven't started the season well and they're slowly, look, they look slightly better than they did in the first couple of game weeks. So I might lean towards a Man City win, but not by much, I don't think. I don't see Sheffield winning though. So Man City win. Next up, we have Burnley versus Chelsea. Chelsea playing the way that they do or they have been in the first few game weeks, conceding a lot, scoring as well. But interestingly to see that against Man United last week, they managed to eke out a 0-0 draw, playing a much deeper defense. So it's nice to see that Frank is potentially changing up things and putting some emphasis on defense. 
And I think that against Burnley, a team that likes to go big in defense and attack those set pieces, which could hurt us. If we can maintain that same resolute defense as last week, then attacking-wise, we should be okay. But I don't think we're entirely there yet. So I'm going to say it's a Chelsea win, but no clean sheet. Maybe a 2-1 or a 3-1. Probably a, a set-piece goal conceded. So hopefully we get some returns from the likes of Pulisic, Havertz, Ziyech might play. So let's hope for that. We'll have to see how we do in midweek against Krasnodar, traveling to Russia, which could affect us as well. So hold off on any transfers before team news on Friday. Next, it's Liverpool against West Ham. West Ham playing pretty well. And as we saw last week, 1-1 against Man City. Still pretty much better at West Ham than in previous years, but... Again, it's David Moyes, so you never know. Liverpool, not properly on form either, but they're still the juggernaut that is Liverpool, scoring goals. So it's hard to hard to bet against them. Yeah, I'm going to say a two-goal two win for Liverpool. And I'm going to say a clean sheet as well. So let's say 2-0 Liverpool. Hopefully, some Salah goals there. Heading into Sunday, we have Aston Villa against Southampton at home. Southampton have been pretty good away of late and pretty good in general. So same thing for Aston Villa. They've been playing well, but last time out, they didn't do well at home. So it looks like it could be a toughie this week. I'm trying not to let my team bias, my FPL team bias affect me here. And I'm going to say 1-1, a Grealish goal and a Danny Ings penalty. Narrowly missed Martinez save. It's a very specific prediction, but yeah, that's my pessimistic result there. Newcastle versus Everton. I, similarly to Aston Villa, coming off of a not so good result last week, but they're away once again for Everton. So, But at the end of the day, I don't trust Newcastle at all. So I'm going to go with Everton winning either 2-0 or 2-1. Hopefully, Calvert-Lewin gets back in the goals. And then the main event of the weekend, we have Man United versus Arsenal, the big game. What is going to happen there? And quite frankly, I don't own their players. No United, no Arsenal. Hate them both. Don't care. So both teams are not playing the best, which makes it even worse. So I'm going to say that Arsenal eke out a victory. Yeah, I don't know how. I'm not sure what the score will be, but I trust... Arteta's defensive nous, and I do Scholzheim. Then Spurs against Brighton. I expect Brighton to attack the way that they have been all season, and I expect Brighton to make foolish errors like they have been all season. I expect them to seem promising, maybe even nick a goal, and then I expect Spurs to play on the counter-attack and just demolish them. So 3-1, maybe 3-0, similar to the like the West Ham game for Spurs. If they get if they start off like that, it could end very well for them. But they need to stay in it the whole game and not peter off like they did against West Ham. I don't think Brighton are as clinical as West Ham in that sense. So I think Spurs win this easily. Then we head into the absolute bangers on Monday evening of Fulham versus West Brom, and I'm going to lean us towards a first Fulham win of the season. 
let's say it's going to be Mitrovic scoring a brace and West Brom, who have been actually, they've been better defensively of late. So maybe, maybe not. But I'm still going to lean towards a Fulham win and probably a 2-1 Ivanovic goal from a set piece. They've been very, they've been much better of late. So they're not exactly whipping boys anymore. And in the final game of the game week, we have Leeds against Leicester. I'm not sure what to make of Leicester anymore. They've been a bit on and off these last few weeks. I say that despite them having gotten the win against Arsenal away from home last weekend, but I think that's more Arsenal being Arsenal than it was Leicester doing well. Um, Leeds, same thing. Up and down, hard to predict, but they're the kind of team that we look at their team and think they're full with so many cheap assets. So whenever we look at them on paper, we think, eh, they're, they're, they're the weaker team of the two. And then they pound Aston Villa 3-0. Or they do well against Man City. Or they do well against Liverpool and nearly beat them in a goal fest. It's, it's kind of weird. So I think I'm going to lean towards Leeds winning this. But at the same time, if Vardy is fit and they're playing well, then I could be less to win. But I'm going to lean towards Leeds winning that. And on that note, we head towards my plans for the game week. And as I mentioned earlier, I have two free transfers that I at least need to use one, but I'm not too sure what I'm going to be using it on. This week, I'm probably going to be, excuse me. This week, I'm probably going to be rolling out the same 11 as last week. Therefore, playing a 3-4-3. Martinez in goal against Southampton. Chilwell against Burnley. Trent against West Ham. Sice against Crystal Palace. Midfield will be Son against Brighton. Grealish against Southampton. Pulisic against Burnley. Salah against West Ham. Up front will be Calvert-Lewin against Newcastle. Kane against Brighton. And then Watkins against Southampton. Right now, I don't know. Oh, and then on my bench, I will have Dallas first sub against Leicester. I'm not sure what to do transfer-wise. I don't want to just burn a transfer and not use it. So... Depending on team news, I might, I might, I don't know. If there's an injury in Europe this week, then that could affect things entirely. But right now, I, I might do something just extremely boring and do like Stevens, who's my third sub and a 4.4 midfielder and maybe just get a different 4.4 midfielder or something like that. I don't know. I have 0.6 in the bank. I don't want to be using it for no reason. So I might just leave it. But we'll have to see if, if there's a an injury to someone like... Oh, there, I heard there were reports of a potential injury to Salah last night, which if you're looking at all the other injuries of late, it's hard to trust the managers. So probably not going to do that, but we'll have to see. Captaincy this week is between the same, the usual suspects as last week. It'll be Salah at home to West Ham or it'll be one of Kane or Son away, I mean, uh, at home to Brighton. And if you listen to the predictions that I just made, I'm probably going to be leaning to a Spurs asset. If I had Mane, I know this sounds weird, if I had Mane in my team, I would probably captain Mane this week, just to be slightly different. But I don't, and therefore I'm going to captain probably Son or Kane. Who of those two? I'm not too sure yet. I think right now my bus team is on Kane but we'll have to see. All right, and then that's that. 
that's a wrap for me. And as always, if you have enjoyed the podcast, please recommend us to your friends or foe alike. And you can find us on all of your favorite platforms. Not going to mention them all. You can find the links to the podcast every week on our Twitter. Um, give us a like and a good review if you can on your podcast platform. That really does help. And if you have any questions or comments or any observations about the podcast or about the game week, if you just want to have some banter, you can follow us on at FanChallenged on Twitter. And on that note, good luck for the game week, and I will see you next time. Goodbye, all.